sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Oh, yeah. It's that time. Welcome in. Cover it with Teddy Covers. It is Super Bowl Sunday. Today is the day. And let me make this very clear. This is our betting holiday. One day a year, we get to celebrate betting on center stage. Today is that day. Enjoy it. I'm Teddy Covers. We're going to be joined today by Dan Alexander. Dan and I are going to break down the big game as much as we can. He's a lifelong Eagles fan. So I'm going to take the Kansas City side. He's going to take the Philadelphia side. And I expect to argue over <laughs> over the course of the next hour from start to finish. I'm going to ask him how biased he is. I'm going to make let him make a case for Philly. I'm going to make a case for KC. We'll go back and forth. We'll talk Super Bowl props. We'll talk hoops we're targeting before kickoff, etc., etc. So I'm telling you, it's going to be a good discussion. It should be a lot of fun. Uh, on today's show. Last year's Super Bowl, I went through all the memories of every Super Bowl for 25 years uh, with my buddy, uh, Brad Schrager. And this year, I thought it'd be more fun to just have a debate. He's got Philly. He's going to take the Philly side. I'm going to take the KC side. And we're going to sit and argue over the course of one game for the next hour. Look, I'm not going to be Debbie Downer right here. That being said, we have to talk about today. Super Bowl weekend is a dangerous weekend for beginning bettors, for casual bettors, even for pros sometimes. Keep your unit sizes small, diversify your portfolio, and for the love of God, don't be live betting while drinking. Don't be chasing first half losses in the second half. This can be a dangerous day. Again, I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer, but I'm also... Someone who's been betting on a daily basis here in Las Vegas since 1998 every day. This is the most dangerous day of the year for sports bettors. I've seen bettors win all football season. They wake up the morning after the Super Bowl and they don't have a dime in their bankroll. Don't be that guy. Don't chase and don't bet while drinking. Done. That's my... (laughs) That's off my chest. But it's very real. So, I'm about it. But just be careful out there. In the words of the old Hill Street Blues show, which dates myself way back. So, enjoy the game. Good luck with everything that you do. I found odds for next year's Super Bowl. Super Bowl 58. And I thought that would be an interesting discussion right here. Let's start with this fact. All right? Why on earth would you make a bet on one of these right now? Before free agency before the draft, before this year's Super Bowl is even done. Why do you want to bet on next year's Super Bowl? The answer is, you don't. Mostly you don't. The only stuff that you might want to bet now is when a team is one or two players away. And you see, hey, this team's one or two players away. If they can get these guys and I can get a big plus price on them, might be worth a look. So I'm never betting a favorite in these spots. All right, the favorites, the odds are going to be there in three months. They're going to be there in six months, for that matter. You know, when we're doing shows next August. 
you'll be able to see <laughs> that the odds in the favor, they haven't moved that much. They might go down a little bit, but all right, if it goes from 8-1 to one to 7-1, to one, it's not the same as seeing someone that goes from 75-1 to one to 10-1. to one. All right, you want to get that 75-1. to one. The 8-1, to one, if you missed it, all right, I got 7-1. to one. So the only reason to look at these, we're looking for long shots, and we're looking for teams that are one or two players away. Teams that have the potential to making moves this offseason. So look, at the top, it's Kansas City and Buffalo, Philly, San Francisco, Cincinnati, all 9-1 to one or lower. And again, this is just one book. You're going to find the odds that are comparable to this, but not the exact same as this at whatever book you're betting at. Certainly by Monday morning, you'll see uh, the odds for Super Bowl 58 up everywhere because the books love to post them. <laughs> it's a money-winning proposition for them. So the five favorites will say KC, Buffalo, Philly, San Francisco. I'm not betting on any one of those teams. And when you look at the strength of KC, Buffalo, Cincy, it makes it, you're like, do I really want any other AFC teams? <laughs> uh, is there any AFC teams that might be long? I mean, I look at Miami in the 30-to-1 range. Uh, I look at the uh, uh, New York football Jets in the 25-to-1 range. The Denver Broncos in the 25-to-1 range. And those are three teams. Miami's not far. The Jets, all they need is a QB. Denver, I mean, if Russell Wilson can actually play <laughs> under Sean Payton, there's hope for that squad. And they're on the 25 to 30 to 1 range. Those teams, in my mind, if I'm going to make a future bet now for next year's Super Bowl, in the AFC, those are the three teams I would look at. The NFC is tricky. It really is because, like I said, the chalk is the chalk. If I had to play one, it'd be San Francisco, and I'm not betting any team at 8 to 1 right now. Um, not this far out. But... Two long shots stood out to me as maybe being live. The Lions priced at 33 to 1. And the Bears priced at 75 to 1. Look, the Lions were pretty good this year. They had that awful start. They came on like a freight train. I would expect the defense to be a lot better next year. I think the offense is going to be better. And they got money to spend in free agency. The Bears, 75 to 1. Again, they were awful this year. They were trying to lose games this year. They were playing for draft position. They were trying to run up the clock on all their salary cap woes. Now they got salary cap room. I didn't have a quarterback. Again, there's dumber bets out there. The Bears at 75 to 1 to win next year's Super Bowl. I'm not saying they're gonna. I think I think they win that game month one at least more than once every 75 times. All right, newbie talks. Dan Alexander joining us next. Coverage continues after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back. Cover it with the covers here on SiriusXM and Channel 159, the SportsGrid Radio Network. I know I gave you guys all these warnings at the top of the show about not betting too much in the Super Bowl and not blowing your whole bankroll and all of that kind of stuff. And that important warnings to give. It's the day that, as I mentioned, it can be difficult. It can be dangerous for beginning intermediate bettors, for drinkers. It could also be dangerous for guys like our guest today, Dan Alexander, at Newbie Talks on Twitter. And Dan... You're a fan. I haven't had too many fans on this show. Very rarely do I have a fan on this show, but you are literally a lifelong Eagles fan, a season ticket holder. How biased are you? 
I mean, Teddy, we, we always have to bet with our head, not our hearts. Now, that being said, it's the Super Bowl. So I don't know if there's anything in my body that my heart can't take over. But I will say the open teaser leg that I had to fill by the end of the year, getting filled with Chiefs eight and a half. Says I'm not that biased, but as you said, like as a lifelong fan, I've watched this team. I know this team. I've been going to training camp since they held it back in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. So, well, some may say biased. I would say that helps me be more knowledgeable about this football team. I, I know I'm in and out, and I feel like I've known them in and out since I was in, like, the sixth grade. So I was talking on yesterday's show with Stephen Nover about the Fab Five at Michigan, and that's the last time I can remember loving a team. Of course, I went to school in Ann Arbor. That was my senior year where the Fab Five were in play. And that was an incredible experience, an incredible run. And I loved that team. I loved them. I watched every game. I knew everything about every player. That was a long, long time ago. <laughs> and I can't <laughs> think of who I've been a fan of since. You know, I grew up uh, Mets, Jets, Knicks, Rangers. I grew up in New York. I lived in Michigan. I liked all the Detroit teams. You know, the Lions, the Tigers, uh, Pistons, Red Wings. I certainly had the Michigan school that I rooted for. Yeah. But come out to Vegas, it wasn't... Uh, by the second year I was here, I was actively rooting against Michigan for bets. Okay, I remember, I remember the game. It was, it was Plaxico Burris running wild in the big house. Uh, Plaxico, I think uh, he said a Michigan receive, Michigan State receiving record, whatever it was. He had a huge day in the big house, and I had the Spartans plus the points, and I had the Spartans on the money line. I'm like, well, that's the end of me being a fan, and I haven't really uh, been a fan since of any team ever. Do you have a story like that, or are you still as the fandom stuck to you? I mean, I, I think what's what's changed for me more is I don't have the same vigor and passion of rooting against teams. Uh, you know, it, it's like I'm supposed to hate the Dallas Cowboys, but if the Dallas Cowboys line is screaming to me, I'll be the biggest Dallas Cowboys fan regardless who they're playing against, regardless <laughs> if it helps the Philadelphia Eagles in the standing. So it definitely hasn't lessened my fandom at all. I still love my Eagles. It's a big family thing for us. Actually, we're you know going to be watching the Super Bowl together with my whole family, my sisters, the nieces, the nephews. Everyone will be hopefully singing Fly Eagles Fly a good amount. So the fandom is still through and through there. But um, like you kind of said, man, I, my, my biggest fan of the week, sure, I love it when the Eagles win, but – now, if I pick up some nice units for the bankroll, I'll be a fan of anybody for a week. So I, I, I think I think that's definitely changed the guard a little bit. But as far as the birds, man, I, I still have all my jerseys ready to go. Nine times out of ten, some part of my wardrobe has an Eagles logo on it. So the fandom definitely hasn't waned. But uh, but the vigor in rooting against other teams surely uh, has, has, has lessened a little bit. Now, does that carry over to the other Philadelphia teams? Are you a big Phillies fan, a big Sixers fan, a big yeah. Flyers fan, or is it you know the Eagles center center stage over all of them? Well, that's Philadelphia for you, Teddy. I mean, it's the Eagles and then everybody else. I think the one that really comes close is Phillies fandom. I mean, you saw the run that the Phillies went on, and the city gets painted red. So I would say the hierarchy, certainly for me, and likely the city as well, would be. Eagles in a class of their own, and then the Phillies aren't crazy far behind 
then it's probably Sixers, and then um, oh wait, we have a hockey team there too. I, I think sometimes even the Flyers forget that uh, that they have a hockey team here in Philadelphia. I don't know. Maybe with uh, with soccer getting more popular, the Union can can, can gain on the Flyers there a little bit. But um, but yeah, I love all four. I call myself a four for four. I make it to at least one game of all the other teams. Uh, but definitely, and I think that's just a Philly thing, man. I mean, so you hold the door open for someone in Philadelphia. They don't say thank you. They say go birds. So it really, it really is just inundated in the culture, not just in Philadelphia, but in the whole, you know, tri-state area for sure. So uh, that's definitely how it goes. But yeah, I'm a, I'm a four for four, but uh, I played football, Teddy. So football is always going to be number one for me. Now, let me ask you this, because as a fan, Winning Super Bowl is a huge deal. I remember when the Patriots won their first mm-hmm. Super Bowl. I was hanging out with my buddy who was a Patriots fan from growing up. And he was in tears that night, tears of happiness. You know, mm-hmm. he was like, I never thought I'd see the day, you know, and he was bawling. Um, how big a deal is a Philly Super Bowl win in your life? And would this <laughs> win go with the Philly special win over Tom Brady and company, what was that, four years ago? Or is that win just going to tower over everything else no matter what? I mean, it, it, I don't know if anything can replicate 2017 because much like your friend there in that story, Teddy, uh, I, I was blubbering like a baby. When, uh, when that ball finally hit the turf in Super Bowl 52, um, you know, it was, it was like I was saying I'll be doing this time. I was watching with my family. Um, you know, we've all been big Birds fans. My grandpa kind of passed it down, and uh, and I'll just never forget when that ball actually dropped. You know, my dad and I looked across the room at each other, and the tears were just flowing. And then I, I like, collapsed onto the floor because, I mean, you know me, Teddy. I'm a, I'm a pretty passionate guy for sure. So when, when it finally happened, uh, the tears were definitely flowing uh, furiously. And as far as this one goes, um, I don't know if anything can replicate that 2017. Honestly, I went to both uh, both the conference championships, the one against the Vikings where they throttled them, and now against the 49ers when they throttled them. That just seems to be the norm when the Eagles get to host it at the link. Um, and when I was leaving there, I kind of felt like, man, this doesn't really have the same gravitas that maybe it did in 2017. And then the game ended between the Bengals and the Chiefs, and I realized, oh my goodness, we're going to be facing Andy Reid, a guy who gave us plenty of agita as Eagles fans. So I think once the matchup was set and it was Andy's coming home, it's you know Eagles versus the guy who just could never get it done in Philadelphia, I think that's added a little bit more of uh, some excitement to this. So the closer it gets to the game, Teddy, Number one, the less confident that I get. And number two, uh, the more excited I get about this matchup and the, and the potential of the Eagles winning a Super Bowl. But uh, it is pretty big in my life. Uh, I, I kind of go how the Eagles go, that's for sure. Let's talk about Andy Reid for a minute. And look, we're going to break down this game side. We're going to break down this game total. We're going to yeah. break down this game props, I promise you. But I'm fascinated by the Andy Reid portion of the discussion because, Again, this is not someone that lived in Philadelphia. I've never lived in Philadelphia. I barely ever visited Philadelphia. I think I've been there once my whole life, and I'm from New York. Uh, that's where I grew up, at least. We just never went to Philly. Uh, but my impression of Andy Reid in Philadelphia all those years was, boy, they make a lot of NFC Championship games, but they don't make a lot of Super Bowls. Is the view And Philly, look, that wasn't a successful franchise, in particular before he got there. So he mm-hmm. made them good and he made them great, but he never got over the hump. Is the view in Philadelphia, Andy Reid was a choke job artist or Andy Reid put us on the stage where we can be where we are today? 
Well, it depends if you ask your average fan or Philadelphian or if you ask uh, Angelo Cataldi, one of the, uh, the, the, the big stalwarts on Philadelphia radio, who's a major Andy Reid's a choke artist and detractor. I think most fans just looked at it as, hey, man, we love Big Red. Like, don't get me wrong. I mean, as a talent evaluator, he's probably one of the best that the league has ever seen. I mean, you're looking at some players on this Philadelphia Eagles roster that were drafted by Andy Reid when you're looking at a Fletcher Cox. So, uh, I don't know. I wouldn't slap him with choke artist, Teddy. Um, I would just say he just could never quite get it done. But we still love Big Red in Philadelphia, but we want to kick his keister on Sunday. <laughs> Dan Alexander's no choke artist. He's got lots to break down when it comes to the big game today. Stay tuned. Side total discussion coming up next. Coverage continues. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Training camps opened in July. Preseason football started in August. The regular season started in September. Here we are in February, and two teams have come this close to reaching their goal for the 2022-23 NFL season. Those two teams, the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs, and they will play this evening right here today on Sunday, Super Bowl 57. I've got Dan Alexander at Newbie Talks. On Twitter, and Dan, let's break down this game. You got the Philadelphia side. Go. Yeah, I'm, I'm shocked, Teddy. The uh, the uh, the homer here has to break down the side for the Philadelphia Eagles. I, I will say, heading into the game, um, all this public support and really, you know, the talking head support that you continue to see for the Eagles pretty much on every show, pretty much every time you're scrolling down your Twitter timeline, it does have me a little bit worried. However, um, before I, I get into any specifics, Teddy, I mean, I, I understand why so many people are saying, oh, the Eagles is a short favorite, you know, let's ride with it. Because I'll ask you, like, on paper, where are the Chiefs? better than the Eagles, other than quarterback and tight end. I mean, I look at every single unit on the field, and I would give the Eagles the check mark. Um, other than that quarterback and tight end, then obviously probably the pedigreed head coach, but nothing screams out to me as, oh my goodness, this is where Kansas City completely trumps the Eagles outside of those two positions, right? Or am, or am I crazy with that? I don't disagree with your assessment that from a personnel standpoint – Kansas City, if you grade out player by player, isn't going to have a lot of big edges against Philly. Mm-hmm. But when you turn it, flip that same question on its head and say, where does Philly have all of these big matchup edges against Kansas City? I'm not convinced that's the case. Now, the case everyone's giving me is, look, Philly's going to be able to run the football in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Philly's uh, that the goal, the game plan from Nick Sirianni company is don't throw the ball once. If you don't have to, <laughs> hand off left, hand off right. Everybody I know loves Miles Sanders over, Gainwell over, Boston Scott over, total rushing yards over, uh, total first downs because when you're running the football, you get more first downs, uh-huh. uh, Philly. Um, so what I'm hearing is that the markets and many of the people expect Philadelphia to just be able to line up, blow Casey off the line of scrimmage, and run the football effectively from start to finish. 
I'm not convinced well, and, that's the case. I'm yeah, not. I just, I mean, what what blows you away schematically with what Steve Spagnuolo is going to bring defensively? Because I think, Teddy, what this boils down to is exactly what you're saying. And a lot of those sharp minds, a lot of the respected people that you're talking with are looking at the Eagles to grind this thing out on the ground. And why wouldn't they? It, it's what they've done all year long. So I think it boils down to um, – Eagles offensive line and defensive line against the Chiefs offensive line and defensive line. Whoever wins the trenches, it's one of those football axioms, right, that you hear all the time. You win in the trenches, you end up winning the game. Um, You know, I just look across that defensive front, and yes, Chris Jones, you can't say enough about what he does as far as a pass rusher and really what he's able to do and run stuff as well. However, to your point, Teddy, this Philadelphia Eagles team, they, they, they they don't want to have to go vertical. You know, they don't want to have Chris Jones be able to pin his ears back and try and make Jalen Hurts' day as long. And, and if you just look at what's happened all year long, why wouldn't it work itself out? The Chiefs' defense ranks 32nd in the league in the run-stop win rate, while this Eagles offense is second in the league in the run-block win rate. So those horses up front, you know, potential future Hall of Famer, anchor in the center of that offensive line in Jason Kelsey. You have on the outside Jordan Mailata with his big body. On the other side, anchor in that other side of the line is Lane Johnson. I mean, arguably the best overall unit, and I'm talking, you know, a a secondary unit, an offensive line unit, a wide receiver room. I mean, if the Eagles aren't, Eagles offensive line isn't the best overall unit in the league, they're certainly one of the top three teams, and they've continued to answer the billing. They faced off against the best rush defense everybody said they were going to see all year long in the 49ers, and I mean, they made them look like my high school team, what they were able to do pushing No, them no, no, no. You, so. can't, you can't look at the win against the 49ers as anything but, hey, let's stack 11 guys in the box because they don't have a quarterback they can throw. Fair, Here's a stat I'm going to give you. Okay. Uh, but you can't. I mean, you can't. If we're going to argue <laughs> on my show, <laughs> I'm going to say you can't. <laughs> I'm going to say you can't. But, I mean, the so there's, uh, you brought up like eight different things I want to I respond to. But I, I just okay. pulled up this stat. And let me start here. Yards per rush allowed. Mm-hmm. You had these win block rates and some f- football outsider stats. I don't care about those stats that some guy is sitting in some room going, oh, he won this block. This is a stat that matters to me. Yards per rush allowed. How much do you give mm-hmm. up? Kansas City's got the better run defense. Not close. Yeah, but... Here's the thing, too, is, you know, again, like you said, how much stock are you taking in the 49ers win? The Eagles were able to dominate it. They were winning field possession, too. However, you know, Brock Purdy didn't play on the defensive side of the ball, and that offensive line, a huge part of what kept that clock continuing to move was them pushing around Nick Bosa and pushing around that front and, you know, getting Greenlaw caught up in all different kinds of stunts and getting to the next level and chipping these linebackers. So, um, you know, yes, the, the 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 defense you don't glean anything from that. Brock Purdy went to, once Josh Johnson came into that game, that game was completely over. So I would agree with you there, but I wouldn't let what happened with the offensive side of the ball for the 49ers overshadow um, what happened on the offensive side of the ball for the Eagles. Because you know, yes, it was the Giants. Yes, it was a banged up 49ers team offensively, but. I mean, Teddy, I can't look at 69-14 to 14 outscoring their two opponents in the playoffs as anything but impressive. I, I mean, I mean, is, is that me putting on the rose-colored glasses a little bit? I, I just see if they were competitive games, sure, but, I mean, they, they dominated since, uh, since they got here into the playoffs. So let me list 
the quarterbacks that the Philadelphia mm-hmm. Eagles have played since week six. Cooper Rush, Kenny Pickett, mm-hmm. Taylor Heineke. Oh, he hung 32 on Philly. Matt Ryan. They got the Aaron Rodgers slash Jordan Love game. Love came in. They hung 33 on Philly. Ryan Tannehill with no arm left. They got Daniel Jones three times. Justin Field. Jack Prescott. Dak Prescott hung 40 on Philly. Then you had Andy Dalton, and then you have whatever you want to call the 49ers quarterback situation in the championship game. That's one QB after the next. That is, I'm not saying they're Patrick Mahomes. They're not even good. <laughs> they're not even in the top half of the league in quarterbacks. Does that concern you when it comes to, you're talking about what Philly did in the regular season. Yes, they did all that in the regular season. From my strength of schedule standpoint, Kansas City faced tough competition. Philly did not. Philly ranked 31st in terms of my powering number on the for their opponents on the mm-hmm. week the game was played. Only one team in the league a weaker opposing schedule than Philadelphia. Based on, again, not the final records, but based on my powering numbers week by week. They got the right team at the right time, including in the postseason. Respond. Fair. Well, it, it is it is something that's just gone continually around the Eagles' cupcake schedule, you know. But uh, number one, you can only play who's in front of you. And if we're going to mention this lack of strength, the schedule for the Philadelphia Eagles, we can also look at a Kansas City Chiefs team that went to overtime against the Texans and also lost to the Indianapolis Colts. So if uh, you know the Eagles are playing these cupcakes. The Eagles took care of business against those cupcakes. Did this Kansas City Chiefs team do the exact same? Um, regarding how, how you're looking at the quarterbacks, I completely agree with that. that. That was something that when I ran down the Philadelphia Eagles schedule and looked at the potential quarterbacks they were going to play, I already started budgeting out my money to probably get some playoff tickets at home <laughs> because it is not a murderer's row behind center that they were seeing I just look at what Mahomes has done. And Mahomes, I will say, I think this whole Mahomes being hobbled thing is a little bit overblown. Um, Yes, it's a high ankle sprain, but they're going to have him taped up. They're going to have him ready to go. And when he did need to scramble in that Cincinnati game, he got 15 yards on top of that penalty that he got, too. So caution is going to be to the wind. I I think that's a little bit overblown that Mahomes is going to be a sitting duck back there. However, I know that some of this gets skewed a little bit by what happened in the Tampa Bay Super Bowl, but we all know Mahomes is incredible. And even Mahomes at 60% is still probably the best quarterback in the NFL, or, or, or top three minimum. But uh, his highest passer rating in NFL history at 106.1 tells you just that. He's incredible. But when it comes to this Super Bowl matchup, he's only seen 49% of a pressure rate, and he only has a 642 passer rating so that tells me you know you don't have to blitz him over half of the time this Eagles front four will be able to get to him and he cuts his passer rating not in half but down 40 some points in the Super Bowl again small sample size and one of those is skewed in a game where his offensive line couldn't block for him at all but um, you know Mahomes is just like any quarterback if you're able to get around him and you're going to be able to force him into some mistakes. And what tells you this Eagles team with 62-and-a-half sacks they're coming into the game won't be able to get at least flustering Pat Mahomes. And you were talking about the teams that Kansas City struggled with throughout the course of a regular season. Let's not forget that Philadelphia lost badly at home to Taylor Heineke <laughs> and the Washington Commanders. We, we don't have oh, let's that not home. forget that home loss to Andy Dalton and the Saints either. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, again, over the course of a long season – 
teams will have ebbs and flows. They'll have good games and bad yeah. games. I don't worry too much that, oh, Kansas City got tested by the Texans uh, back in whenever that was. I don't think that has a big effect on this guy. I mean, do you? Do you really think that the, like some random regular season game from October matters now? You got to just oh, no. It's, 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 yeah, it's, it's more just, uh, you know, uh, you, you, you see all the stuff on Twitter, so you have to have the little, yeah, well, you also lost to the Colts. I am a fan after all this. Yeah. yeah. Oh, by the way, yeah, you beat Indy by one. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, and that was an ugly, ugly game. Much more with Newbie Talks after this. Cover it continues. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We're on your TV. We're on your radio. We're on your phone. Go to Twitter. Give us a follow. At SportsGrid. At SportsGridTV. At SportsGridRadio. And stay on the grid. Everywhere you go. Again, at SportsGrid, at SportsGrid Radio, at SportsGrid TV. You can follow me on Twitter at Teddy underscore covers. I appreciate so many of you out there who have followed me. I think I'm at 52,000 followers right now, and that is very flattering and kind of shocking in my world. I appreciate it very much. And Dan Alexander, you can follow him on Twitter at Newbie Talks, N-E-U-B-Y, Newbie, N-E-U-B-Y Talks uh, on Twitter. He is an excellent follow as well, although if you, you probably get all pro Eagles messages all Super Bowl Sunday. So I don't know if you want that. All right, so we've debated this side. Have we? Are we, are we can we can we put the finishing touch? Any final words you want to say about the side? No, I, I think uh, I think we pretty much nailed it, man. I, th- I think people have uh, full cases for both sides, indeed. And uh, no, that was fun. I like I like going fist the cuffs with you a little bit there, Teddy. Good. Let's talk total. And I have no idea which side you're taking, but whatever side you're taking, I'm taking the other side. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you'll be you'll be you'll be uh, happy to know, or maybe underwhelmed uh, to know that as far as it's sitting right now at 51, man, um, at, at at 49 and a half, like that, that that 51 number is basically right where I line this game. I, I think the game ends up being around. You know, twenty-seven, twenty-four is what I is what I think the final is. And spoiler alert, I probably told you which 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 way I'm leaning on that. So uh, so field goal game, but landing right on fifty-one. So when it was opened at forty-nine and a half, it was enough for an overplay for me. That's something that I locked in. But as far as fifty-one sit now, I, I would still lean to the over just because I think yes, the Eagles are going to look to run the ball. We we talked about that ad nauseum. However, I think there's there's almost this misnomer that running the ball means tick, 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 the clock is running like crazy. Like, there's no guarantee or there's no sign sealed delivered that just because the Eagles are running the ball means that the clock is going to expire. You know, these could be quick drives that they end up going a little bit vertical, getting down there, getting into the end zone quickly. So I think people are maybe talking themselves into that under because of how much the Eagles are going to run the ball. So I still lean the over at 51, but... Um, I don't know. I think I think that number sounds right around where I think this thing's going to finish, Teddy. So um, that that's the way I'm looking at it. So Philadelphia played fairly fast when it came to mm-hmm. plays per game over the course of the regular season. Kansas City more towards the middle of the pack uh, when it comes to uh, plays per game. When it comes to like uh, football outsiders pace ratings, both teams fairly high, but not among uh, Tampa, Arizona, Dallas, the Chargers teams that uh, played. Very, very fast. They were behind all of those squads. 
Here's my thought on the total, all right? I think this is going to be a low-possession football game, which mm-hmm. makes me very reluctant to take the under. There's a bet I'm going to talk about at the close of the show, one prop bet that I'm going to talk about that I think makes the most sense when we talk about a low-possession game. All right, Philly, they want to run the football. They'll be very happy. Time-consuming six, eight, ten-minute drives if they can get them mm-hmm. uh, and keep Patrick Mahomes off the field. We think of the Chiefs as this high-octane offense. Boom, boom, bing, bang, down the field, you know, big plays. That's not the way Mahomes and company have played this year at all. They've done a lot more ball control, a lot more dink and dunk, a lot more take what the defense is going to give and not force things downfield. Kansas City, too, very capable of the six-minute field goal drive or the eight-minute drive or the ten-minute drive. So I do think it'll be a relative, and both teams also excellent at converting on third downs. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be a low-possession game. So when it comes to low-possession yep. games, I'm really reluctant to play over in the 50s on a low-possession game. I believe in both these offenses. These are two mm-hmm. elite offenses. They're two strong offensive lines. They're two quarterbacks we want our money on. They're two running games we want our money on. But in a game where you're expecting fewer possessions, not 13 or 14, not even 12 or 11, I would expect kind of eight or nine possession game, maybe 10 for these two squads. And that makes me really reluctant to play anything but under in this one. I haven't played the under. Because I yep. respect the offenses and also because I might find a 51 and a half on uh, some point yeah. in the kickoff. Uh, and you may as well wait for the best number. The public yep. books will see nothing but over money uh, today. You know, right here on Super Bowl Sunday, you're going to see over, over, over. I think we'll see a better than I think there may well be a better number than 51. And maybe I'll bet it in game, but I probably won't because I don't think this game, you know, uh, like I do in most Super Bowls, I've got no score first six minutes in this one. Um we expect Super Bowls to start slow. Talk about props for a minute. Or for first, if you want to rebut my argument, not that we really disagreed, because you kind of said I, I, <laughs> I think the total's right, and I kind of said I think the total's right. <laughs> uh, it's all, it's uh, almost like it's, a lot of what I've learned from totals, Teddy, has come directly out of your mouth. It's, it's almost <laughs> like I'm seeing this total the way that Teddy covers would break down this total, because uh, again, as far as um, you know, reading markets, prognosticating where lines are going to go. Uh, that's something that I always go to uh, to your Twitter timeline to see in the shows that you're on. So uh, it, 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 it's uh, apropos here that uh, we at least found something that we agreed on, and that's that 51 probably sounds about right. You can make a case for either ways. But um, I, I'll say I do have some props that I love in this game, and, and I like your warning at the top of the show that this is just one game. You know, don't end up with your bankroll being overexposed and uh, – and while I listen to it, I'm probably going to end up with 12 different prop bets on, on the Super Bowl. Well, so, uh, and and, so, and it's, it's okay. Look, today is a betting holiday. It's the only betting holiday. Is. We're the only country that has a betting holiday. It's really cool. Yeah. All right? I mean, I love today. I love it with an L, with a big capital L. But Me too. I've seen so many betters just blow it all yep. today. You know, on one day. And it's like... I don't care if you want to bet 50 props. Small unit sizes, small bets. And once you start drinking, you throw the, you turn that phone off. You don't get involved. Uh, talk yeah, to me about some props. A, that you a like. thousand. 
A thousand percent. I, I couldn't agree more as far as those prop bets go. If you're betting in-game, you definitely should probably be a little bit uh, not hampered when you're doing that. So, uh, so, yeah, as far as my props go, I'll give you my favorite one right at the top, and that's the second quarter, or, or one of my favorite ones, is looking at the second quarter total points to go over. So that's not the team total. That's not the individual teams. It's the entire total points in the second quarter. Um, I think out there is still, it's a little bit juiced. I'm seeing minus 125 across some different books, but over 13 and a half. Um, I, I, I think we see at least two touchdowns coming in the second quarter because just the game script of how the Super Bowl plays out, like you said, no score in the first six minutes. That's usually a pretty solid look for sure. But, um, but, but, then the second quarter is when things start coming alive a little bit. And this Eagles team all year long has hit the second game total between the two teams, 14 of their last 19 games. The Chiefs, they've hit in the second quarter game total in 11 of their last 16 games. So it's two teams that come alive in the second quarter and just the um, you know blind, wise guy script says, hey, second quarter typically sees some points in it. So the Super Bowl script lines up. The two teams fit the mold. So give me that over total points in the second quarter. That's one that I locked in early. So are you too young to remember the Jake DeLome Carolina Panthers Super Bowl, or do you remember that one at all? I, that was just on the fringe for me. I do remember old DeLome for sure. Sure. So so that was a I had the over in that Super Bowl, and it was nothing, yep. nothing, like midway through the second. And yep. by halftime, my over was a done deal. You know, they had 45, I think, at halftime, or, or close <laughs> to it. Uh, it just went crazy, and that is fairly typical of second quarters. I have a bet that's comparable. I went at it a different way. All right. What do you got? You play the second half, second quarter total over. I bet the second quarter to be higher scoring than the first quarter, as well as the fourth quarter to be higher scoring than the first quarter. Both those are juicy. I lay two dollars to win one on both of them, but I think they're both positive expectation wagers. The second quarter tends to be when the the teams come to life. Uh, The fourth quarter tends to be, especially in a close game, uh, where teams uh, the offenses are moving. And the first quarter, especially in the biggest games, shall we say, not so much. Give me another prop you're thinking about, talking about. In well, your I, mind, in I your lo- yeah, I, I love that breakdown, Teddy, too, because like you kind of said, you're, you're, you're just looking at that to finally pick up that, that second quarter scoring, and it definitely uh, makes sense to do exactly just that. And especially you have a first-time head coach in Nick Sirianni, you have Jalen Hurts, who's uh, who's going to you know be first time whether he's been on the big stage or not. That's neither here nor there. He's still probably going to struggle a little bit at least out of the gate. He struggled this playoff so far. So this is the other one, Teddy. When I was on with you last, I loved this play, and we cashed it right here on Cover It with Teddy Covers. We covered it, as a matter of fact, um, and it, and and it's 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 been the uh, the the ATM of the NFL season for me, and it's the Eagles' first half team total over. Uh, It's sitting around 12.5. There's 13s out there. I like it anything that's under 14 because I could see the Eagles scoring two touchdowns for sure in the first half. So uh, Eagles' first half team total over 13. We're looking at about minus 110 that I was able to find out there. And how much of an ATM has this been? Well, the Philadelphia Eagles have cashed this in 14 of their last 19 games. So if you just blindly bet this, you would be looking at just under 50% return on investment on this one. So 46% your ROI blindly betting Eagles first half team totals over. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, Teddy. I'm going to be betting that one for sure. 
Now, are you worried at all about you know the the pressure of the mm-hmm. big game and a, and a slower start than usual uh, for Philly here? Because certainly that correlates with your opinion on the on the uh, Philly side uh, for this Absolutely. contest. Absolutely. Absolutely, and it also correlates with just the fact of how high scoring I think that second quarter is going to be, especially if you're getting this at 13. Okay, maybe I push it if this low possession game ends up with two field goals and them getting into the end zone, but at only 13, asking them to reach that end zone twice in a second quarter where I think it's going to be back and forth between those two teams, I get the whole first half, so maybe there aren't some of those pregame jitters. Maybe they take a deep shot to Devontae Smith to take the top off the defense like they have so often in games. Um, I don't know. I, I wouldn't quite call it a free roll, but with only one game left, a play that's cashed me all year long, Teddy, I only missed it five <laughs> times. I got to bet it, baby. <laughs> I'm hearing a lot of that. And, I, and, and that makes me nervous a little bit because guys are like, oh, I played this guy all year. I've been playing Chris Jones over sacks all <laughs> yeah, year. Yeah. I'm playing this all year. And it's like it's a whole new game. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, like, different... it's like it has to hit It has to hit red again here on the roulette, right? It's, got, <laughs> it's, not, it's hot right now, baby. <laughs> yeah, well, you're riding those streaks. If you're riding the roulette wheel streaks, uh, best of luck with all of your wagers. Dan Alexander, promote yourself, my friend. Tell me uh, where people can find you. Uh, tell folks out there what uh, what you do and, uh, uh, you know, hype a little bit. Go to town. Teddy, this is absolutely terrific. Nothing better I would rather be doing to get ready this, for the Super Bowl here on Sunday than chatting a little football. Big game with you. Uh, Teddy's been throwing out my handle all show long, at Newbie Talks, N-E-U-B-Y-T-A-L-K-S. Follow me there. You'll see all my great stuff. New show over at Wager Talk, Wager Talk Extra, reminding you no matter what you're cashing on, whether it's darts, whether it's curling, whether it's UFC, that money's all going to spend the same. I also love me some lacrosse, Teddy. You as a Michigan man should know all about that. So uh, NCAA in full swing. We'll have some plays for you there. Follow me at Newbie Talk. The number of lacrosse, is it a game? Is it a match? Let's put it this way. I don't even know Uh, what they call it. Yeah, game. the number of lacrosse games I've watched in my life, the over-under is a half, and ain't no sharp money on the over. <laughs> Dan Alexander, great stuff. Enjoy today, my friend. Best of luck. Thanks, we'll be right Daddy. back. Coverage continues. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And we're here in the home stretch of Cover It With Teddy Covers on Big Game Sunday. You know what today is. I know what today is. We're all excited uh, about the big game coming up in just a few hours from now. Listen, if you missed any portion of today's program, if you want to go back and hear what I talked about at the intro, if you want to hear what Newbie said at the intro, you want to hear us debating KC Philly, uh, it's kind of a fun show. If you want to go back and listen to last week's show, or last month's show, or last year's Super Bowl shows, Every show I've ever done, archived and available for podcast consumption. Wherever you download your podcast, just search Cover It or Cover It with Teddy Covers. You can download and consume this show and every show I've ever done for the Sports Grid Radio Network at your convenience. Again, search Cover It, download, and consume whenever you want to consume. You can hear everything from every show I've ever done. I promised you guys a prop wager before all was said and done on today. And you probably heard me talk as we were talking about total, that I think it's going to be a low-possession game. How are we going to bet a low-possession game? Real simple. 
We're going to get total punts under seven and a half. Every sharp dollar I've seen is on the under. It's getting juicy, but boy, it sure feels like the right side. So we talk about punts. Those are possessions that don't end in touchdowns. They're possessions that don't end in field goals. They're possessions that don't end with a fourth down stop or a turnover. Or a fake punt, for that matter, but although I don't expect one in this game. So that's the other possessions. The one are no touchdowns, no field goals, no stop down downs, no turnovers. The other possessions, they will punt. How many possessions are going to be? KC's been playing low possession games all year. Mahomes dinking and dunking. Lots of time reading covers. They're not chucking downfield like they were in the Tyreek Hill era. Edwards Hilari is back. I don't be surprised they run the football a lot. KC uh, to run on the first play is chalk. I think they're going to play lots of dinking and dunking. Nick Sirianni's game plan, goal, is to pound KC's front seven, run it down their throats. Running equals more time uh, off the clock than passing, no incompletes. I do think these two teams are going to score some touchdowns. I think they're going to score some field goals. I'm not looking to play the under for the game necessarily, but a low position game between two good offenses. That's bad news for overs on punting props, in my opinion. Pay under seven and a half punts for the big game. Enjoy the game. Best of luck with your wagers. We'll talk to you again next week.